Radio. Introduction to the Sacrament of Anointing of the Sick. An interview with Sister Moira de Bono for the Introduction to the Sacrament series. Sister Moira de Bono is a religious sister of mercy of Alma, Michigan, with a doctorate in sacred theology. Sister Moira is currently a lecturer at the University of Notre Dame, Australia, specializing in the sacraments. Once again, with Sister Moira de Bono for the final episode of the Introduction to the Sacraments series. So, thank you for joining me. Oh, you're welcome, Luke. This week, we're looking at the anointing of the sick, which most of us would possibly see in films and things like that. There might be um, deathbed scenes where there might be uh, a priest comes in in some older films, or we may have had experience of it ourselves with our loved ones. Um, but what exactly is the anointing of the sick? As a sacrament, well, the, this this sacrament of the anointing of the sick um, is not always well understood, Luke. I think you pointed that well by just talking about deathbed scenes, all right? Because the sacrament of the anointing of the sick is meant to spiritually and also possibly physically strengthen a person who has entered a time in their life of grave illness or the frailties of old age. You know, in times past, uh, it was more. It was often conceived as a sacrament for the dying, because it, of its relationship with the sacrament of penance, when uh, many people only um, received absolution just before they died. But the church itself really has not known it to be other than acknowledging its role for the sick. Because even its scriptural foundation, which is from the, the letter of St. James, in the letter of St. James, he, there is the passage that says, you know, if anyone is sick among you, call the presbyters, you know, call the priests, and have them lay hands on that person, that the Lord may raise him up. And we still use much of that phrasing in the sacrament itself. Uh, so the sacrament is very much for those who are not themselves. You know, we, when we, we know a certain discouragement or even a despair um, when our physical well-being has diminished and we're not doing what we used to be able to do and, um, and the fear of death comes upon us that we need to be strengthened with the graces that are available from Christ's Paschal Mystery. So what exactly is involved then in the anointing of the sick? Um, I know that there's, there's oils uh, and there's the priest, but how does, how does it all work? Well, just as the other sacraments are all called ecclesial sacraments or church sacraments, and even though it might be just the one individual and the priest, just like in the sacrament of penance, we realize it's, it's very much this idea of an ecclesial reality so that persons who are around the sick person, they may be the first ones to ask or encourage the person um, to receive the sacrament. If, and uh, that's one thing that all of us should become more comfortable with, that if we know someone who is seriously ill, that we can say freely, because we know that the power of Christ is in the sacrament, uh, to invite that person to be anointed. And so it's the ministry of the priest 
not the deacon, but the priest, who um, comes either to the person's home or to a hospital, or um, we also have a communal anointing of the sick, where individuals who are not bedridden per se, come together as a church community and are anointed. There's always a liturgy of the word, um, could be short, depending on the health of the individual, few words of encouragement by the priest. And then we have um, the anointing itself, which is with the oil that's called the oil of the sick, appropriately. This is oil that's blessed by the bishop. So even that though the bishop is not visiting a person, but it's his hand who has blessed this oil, generally speaking. Now the priest indeed can, if he needs to bless more oil, is able to do that. It's typically olive oil. Uh, however, Pope Paul VI, in the reforms of the Second Vatican Council, he included a new pr a provision in the uh, renewal of the sacrament that as long as it was vegetable oil, it would be appropriate um, matter for the sacrament. So that, say, a priest who's a chaplain in a hospital, let's say, um, runs out of his, out, out of the oil of the sick, uh, then he might ask down in the hospital kitchen for an oil. And if they didn't have olive oil, as long as it was vegetable oil, canola, which includes canola, whatever, then that would be acceptable for the sacrament. And in the old, before Vatican II, the anointing was done of the seven senses. Um, and many of the prayers had to do with um, asking for forgiveness for the sins committed by those parts of the body or the, those senses. Now the anointing is limited to the palms of the hand and to the forehead. And there's a formula then, the words that the priest says at that point. Um, so it's actually quite a simple ceremony. The sacrament can be given on its own or it can be given within mass as well. Um, and it also, as we've already begun to talk about the effects of the sacrament, the effects are to um, you know, strengthen an individual in that time of, of sickness, uh, to help them not to despair, to unite themselves with the sufferings of Christ, sometimes actually to be physically healed. And persons have anecdotes of, you know, persons who have been unconscious and their eyes will open and they'll gain strength for a day or maybe be healed to some extent. Um, there's also a forgiveness of venial sins, and that's where, why it's, it's considered of the role of the priest. If a person is unconscious, say the priest comes up upon an accident victim, or the person is taken ill suddenly in the hospital, and they're known to be a Catholic. The, the priest can still anoint that person who is unconscious. And the church also understands that there is, if that person had committed serious sin, that that sin would be forgiven them. Because the church takes it that if they were alert, that they would want to confess that grievous sin. And so, in that sense, it, it also um, forgives serious sin, but typically it's, it's venial sin. Mm -hmm. Now, we've mentioned a little bit about this, um, but what is the, aside from the sick, obviously, because that's within the name of the sacrament, but who is, uh, I guess, the appropriate recipient of 
uh, or the appropriate participant in the anointing of the sick? For the Roman rite, the, the person usually has reached the age of reason. And that has to do, again, with that reality of forgiveness of sins. Though parents and the priests may decide that they would like to have the child anointed at an earlier age, that, that's been done. Um, persons who are Catholic, though others who are not Catholic, but who have no access to their own minister and who have a belief in the power of the sacraments, the priest is also able to anoint those individuals. Those persons who have entered what we call the frailties of old age are also apt subjects for the sacrament. Um, and a person of their own knowledge of themselves um, should um, would be able to ask for the anointing, all right? Again, not to say it's an anointing for the dying, but to strengthen us as we continue our journey of faith and we enter this another stage in our life. I'd like to, I, there's one other aspect I would really like to, to bring to your attention, Luke, and this is the, the beauty of our sacramental life. We recognize that we are sacramental individuals that just be, because we are people, uh, we are individuals within the people of God, that we manifest God to others through our actions. And we do that more and more. We're more and more conformed to Christ by the reception of the sacraments. And so as we come to the end of our life, um, and we do hopefully do receive the sacrament of anointing, I'd like to just reflect with you something about the reception of the sacraments. At the beginning of our lives, we're baptized. So, you know, original sin is washed away. We are, um, our personal sins, if we're an adult, are taken away, right? We're made children of God. Then the second sacrament of initiation is confirmation. And so we're anointed. We're anointed for strength to, to live our Christian vocation, to be a soldier for Christ, to bring Christ to others in whatever our vocation is. And then we are nourished by the Blessed Sacrament, by the Eucharist. All right? We're nourished for the journey through life. And, and we're nourished you know, at least once a week, not more frequently. So that's, that's how our life begins. Then as our life completes itself and we're getting ready to be with the Lord, we are, uh, we have, we're, we're given the possibility of receiving three sacraments also. The sacrament of penance, which forgives our sins. And what many people don't know is that the priest has the opportunity to give what's called an apostolic pardon, that when a person is very close to death and is able to, and there is confession, that he gives this pardon, which is like, which is a plenary indulgence, right? Um, so that's in relation to our baptism. Then we have the anointing of the sick, 
which just as confirmation anoints us for our life and our journey through life, here we have this anointing of the sick to, to strengthen us for this final battle, for this, um, for this, um, for the demons of despair, discouragement, or pain and sickness. And then we're also nourished with the Eucharist. And we call receiving the Eucharist for the last time viaticum, viaticum, which literally means food for the journey. You know, it's a Latin word, which basically means it's a picnic. All right, that's the literal translation of it. And so just as we're nourished with the Eucharist to help us be conformed and be transformed by Christ more and more, here we receive for the last time the Eucharist, and we are being prepared for that facing of death, that journey from, from death to life again that we, when we'll be at the marriage banquet of the Lord, please God. But you see how lovely our life is. We are sacramentally framed at birth and at death. I think that's a very appropriate way to finish, uh, finish our series, finish this episode and the entire series of the introduction to the sacraments. So I thank you very much, Sister Moira, for joining us over these oh, a number of episodes. It wasn't seven, it was a bit more. It was nine, nine episodes. Um, but yes, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. It was wonderful to be able to do it, Luke. No worries. And we hope to have you on Credo more in the future. Ah, oh, wonderful. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. That was Sister Moira de Bono speaking on the Sacrament of Anointing of the Sea. For more from the Introduction to the Sacrament series, visit credio.org.au.